Let's read together God's Word, Hebrews 2 and then Hebrews 4. Hebrews 2 and Hebrews 4. Hebrews 2, 10 through 18, page 1188, and then Hebrews 4, the end, page 1189. Continue our study of how God helps us through temptation. Hebrews 2, 10 through 18, page 1188. We are not strong enough to handle the temptations of the devil in our own strength. We need the strength of Jesus. It was fitting, verse 10, that he, Jesus, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death that is the devil and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. And then the end of Hebrews 4, next page, 14 through 16. End of the chapter. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help, in time of need. This is God's word. May he bless us by it, congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, believers are tempted. Believers are tempted. In this book, the book of Hebrews, you can see that in 4 verse 14, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. The believers who are addressed in the book of Hebrews are tempted to let go of their confession of Christ. Their confession was costing them friends and family and money and jobs. It was costing them freedom 
even life itself, some were being killed. And so many were tempted to back off from Jesus. To let go of their confession of him in order to stay safe. Believers are tempted to despair when they see the culture around them go bad. Believers are tempted to rage. We're tempted to become bitter and vengeful toward those who mistreat us. Believers are tempted to lust after men and women and images of men and women. Believers are tempted to follow the money rather than follow the Lord. Believers are tempted to self-pity when they suffer. Believers are tempted to become impatient and harsh when things don't go as we planned. Believers are tempted to envy those for whom everything is going smoothly in their lives, or apparently going smoothly. Believers are tempted by just about anything. Believers are even tempted to look down on those who are tempted. Believers are tempted to sin, all of us. But brothers and sisters, God has provided a way out for us in Christ. And last week we saw how God has sent a second Adam who succeeded where the first Adam failed when he was tempted. He gave in to the temptations of the devil And then that corruption of giving into temptation was passed along to the whole human family. But God sent a second Adam, Jesus Christ, who succeeded where the first Adam failed. And when the devil came to tempt him, he destroyed the temptation and destroyed the power of the devil. And if you want to destroy the power of the devil in your life and say no to temptation, you got to be united to Jesus Christ by faith. And when you are in him, when you're connected to him by faith, he gives you everything you need to deal with sin. He forgives your sins, but he also helps you overpower them. And we want to see that more closely this morning in Hebrews 4, how we have a great high priest, Jesus, the son of God, who's accessible, approachable, and available to us at all times. Even though the tempter, after he succeeded, and then he died and he rose again, he went back to heaven. He's not far away. He's still with us by his grace, power, and Holy Spirit. You're never alone in your temptation. You might feel you are. You're not. The Lord is with you. And that's what we want to see this morning. We have communion with the overcomer. Communion with Jesus who overcame temptation. He communes with us. Not only when we're strong, but especially when we're weak. Isn't our God great? He communes communes with us, not just when things go smoothly, but especially when they don't. He communes with us not only when we're strong, but especially when we're not. So Jesus, the overcomer, communes with his people in their temptation to help them overcome temptation. We want to see two things. First, his sympathy for us in our weakness, and secondly, his help for us in our weakness. But we're just going to blend those two together as we go along. 
as sympathy and as help for his people in temptation. Brothers and sisters, we have a high priest, a great high priest, says Hebrews 4 verse 14. He's passed through the heavens. He's in the highest heaven. His name is Jesus. He's the son of God. And what's a high priest? It's someone sent by God to deal with our sin. Someone sent by God to us to deal with our sin. Now we might think that since Jesus has gone back to heaven, he's far away from us and we have to deal with our sin on our own. We have a temptation, you just got to find a Bible verse and, 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 and stick that on your temptation and hopefully it'll go away. But Jesus is far away. Brothers and sisters, that is not true. We not only have the word of God, we have our high priest, though he's ascended to heaven, still communing with us now in sympathy and with help. And he's with us all the time. That's what he said. Even when he left, I'm with you always. I'm sending my spirit. And in your spirit, my spirit, I'm going to be with you always. I'll be with you and I'll live in you. And, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There's two ways that our great high priest helps us deal with sin. One, he covers it with his blood. As the high priest... He offered the sacrifice that pays for sin. We should have paid with everlasting damnation, eternal death, eternal punishment of body and soul. We should have paid ourselves. But God in his love stepped in and sent his son and said, you take their place. And he became our flesh and blood and stood in our place and paid for our sin. And at the table, he says, I've got you all covered with my blood. I paid for you. Your sins are gone forever. Confess them to me and trust you are washed. But there's a second way that our high priest helps us deal with sin. He not only makes the payment, but he helps us overpower them. He lives in us to overpower them. And that's the focus of this passage, that in his sympathy, he comes to us in the midst of our struggles, in our weaknesses, to help us. It's a beautiful thing that our Lord Jesus, who's high above the heavens, is so close to his people that when, remember, Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church, it was Jesus who cried to him from heaven, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's me you're beating up. That's how close he is to his church, that when they persecute his people, he feels the punches himself. The same is true when we're tempted. He lives so close to us that when we're tempted, he feels the temptation himself. There's four main things that we learn about Jesus, our great high priest here. His humanity, his temptation, his sympathy, and his help. 
First, his humanity, this passage emphasizes, along with Hebrews 2. God sent Jesus not to save angels. That's why Jesus didn't have to become an angel. God sent Jesus to save people, and that's why Jesus had to become one of the people. If you're going to save someone, you have to stand with them in their trouble and overcome that trouble for them and go before them and lead them through. So he came to us and stood with us in our trouble, and he became like us in every way. He became a brother. That's what Hebrews 2 emphasized. Jesus humanity. For a high priest to deal with our sin, he has to be able to represent us. To represent us, he's got to stand with us. And he did. He stood in our sin. He stood in our condemnation. He stood in our temptation. He stood in our death. He carried it all for us as our high priest. We've read that in Hebrews 2. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same. Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, 2 verse 17. In every way, body and soul, except for sin. Second, we read of Jesus' temptation. Since he became like us in every way, in our humanity, in our flesh and blood. He faced the full range of temptations that every human being faces in this world. Because if you're human, Satan makes you his target because he wants to turn you away from God and turn you to sin and make you his follower and build his kingdom. That's what he's after. So you become human, he goes after you. Jesus became human, Satan went after him, so he faced temptation. He wanted also to make Jesus his slave. He wanted Jesus to sin. He wanted to destroy Jesus' salvation operation, his rescue mission. And more than anybody else, since he was the Messiah, he faced, Jesus faced the full onslaught of Satan's temptations. And we read, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, Hebrews 4 verse 15, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. You name it. Whatever temptation you have faced or are facing or will face, Jesus said, I've been there. I faced that. I felt that. Wow. You might say, well, he didn't face as much as me because he never gave in. No, that means he faced more. Because as soon as you give in, the pressure's off. Jesus never gave in. The pressure was never off. So whatever he, you faced, he faced more, deeper, more difficult. So what did he face? Bible teacher Nancy Guthrie describes Jesus' temptations like this in her commentary on Hebrews. Jesus was tempted in all the ways we are. Jesus was tempted to lie to make himself look good. 
Jesus was tempted to cut corners in the carpenter shop to make a few extra dollars. Jesus was tempted to hide his, his income to avoid taxes to Caesar. Jesus was tempted to take a long, lustful look at a pretty girl when she walked by. Jesus was tempted to dishonor his dad and mom when they seemed simple-minded. Jesus was tempted to covet someone's, someone else's home when he had no home of his own. Jesus was tempted to seek revenge when someone he loved, like John the Baptist, was senselessly murdered. Jesus was tempted to disobey God's commands because he was so afraid of the pain and rejection it would cost him. Jesus was tempted to complain about all the wrong things people did and to let go of his joy. Jesus was tempted to pout with self-pity when he suffered all alone. He was tempted in every way we are, yet he never sinned. Jesus' humanity, Jesus' temptation leads to, thirdly, Jesus' sympathy for us. Therefore, he is able to sympathize with our weaknesses when we're tempted. Brothers and sisters, pay close attention to these words. They are a well, a deep well of comfort. It says, not that he's able to sympathize with us, but with our weakness. With your weakness. He doesn't roll his eyes at us and wonder how we could ever think those thoughts. How we could ever feel those feelings. How we could ever look at someone that way. How we could ever say that or want to say that or ever do that or want to do that. He doesn't roll his eyes and cluck his tongue and say, how could you? He not, did not just feel the temptations that we feel. He felt the pressure of them. The weakness in his own life. And he had to grab on to his father's help in those moments to keep himself steady, to keep himself from falling. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed and God sent an angel to minister to him. He sympathizes with your weaknesses. Get a load of that with your weaknesses. He's been there. He gets it. He feels it. He doesn't despise your weaknesses. And that's why he sympathizes. To sympathize means to suffer with. Even though Jesus has already accomplished every victory over temptation and he never failed and now he's in heaven, he's out of reach of temptation. Doesn't mean that he's out of touch with our temptations. He can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities is the old translation. Able to sympathize with our weakness, touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what it's like, what it feels like to be tempted by horrible thoughts, by lust, to become bitter and to hold a grudge, to be tempted to give up on the Christian race and to join the world, tempted to take another drink, tempted to grumble and complain, whatever it is. 
He suffers that with you. To suffer with. Dane Ortland puts it this way in his book, Gentle and Lowly. Jesus doesn't just lob down pep talks from heaven. You can do it, you can do it. No, he jumps into the struggle with you, to cry with you, to hold on to you, to fight with you, and to urge you to resist in his strength and give you armor. He jumps into the struggle with you to lift you up and out. That's how committed he is to you, how joined his heart is to yours, how much he worries over you and watches over you. He's not only your gracious savior, he's your faithful keeper. He bought you with his blood, beloved, and he's not going to give you over to the lions. Yes, he allows the lions to roar and lunge in order to test your faith, in order to remind you how weak you are, how much danger you're in, and to run to the Lord and rely on him and to increase your faith. But it'll not give you over as a believer. You're his. You're his. We know that famous verse from 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Important verse to remember. But don't forget two verses later. After you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who's called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, comfort, strengthen, and establish you. Yes, Satan is prowling like a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour you, but Christ will strengthen you. He's praying for you. He's sympathizing with you. So you read of his humanity. He became one of us. His temptation. He's been tempted in every way that we are. His sympathy. Therefore, he feels our weaknesses when we struggle with them. And fourthly, he helps. He helps. Let us then with confidence, verse 16, draw near to the throne of grace that we may be able to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, we read in chapter 2, He is able to help those who are tempted. Help in time of need. He's able to help those who are tempted. Sympathy is more than feeling our pain and struggle. But Jesus' sympathy is reaching out with gracious and timely help. Brothers and sisters, Jesus was tempted and overcame. And now he shares that victory with us to help us overcome in any temptation. But he says, I want you to call on me. I'm there for you. I'm there for you in your time of need. But draw near to the throne of grace with confidence. And I will help you. And chapter 5, verse 2, I'll deal gently with you. That's also a gracious word. I'll deal gently with you. Sometimes we may be afraid to come. What will Jesus say about this one? Sometimes we may feel too ashamed to come. How could I have given into that again? Sometimes we may feel too far gone to come. How could I have entertained such a terrible thought about God? Sometimes we may feel too weak to come. 
Certainly he'll not admit someone as weak as me. But the Bible says the opposite. He understands your weaknesses. We can get into that mode, right? The Lord's Supper is for the strong. The Lord communes with the strong. But the Bible emphasizes that he's a savior and a minister to the weak. And the Lord's Supper is for the weak in faith. Who hate their weakness. And hate their temptations and hate their sin. And they want to be strengthened with the strength of God like David who strengthened himself and the Lord as God. In the days when, when he withstood temptation and then he came to complacency and he no longer sought the Lord for a time in his life and fell deep and fell hard. The Lord did bring him back and raise him up again, but he strengthened himself and the Lord is God. So notice what it says there, come with confidence. Come with assurance that he will help you, that he'll be gracious to you, and that he'll be merciful. That's what it says there. And he'll give you help in your time of need. Do you believe that? Believers are tempted. What do you do? What do you do with your temptation? The big ones? The little ones? Do you run to the Lord? The high priest who deals with your sin by forgiving you and empowering you to fight and to win. I'll give you one example of how Jesus helps us in temptation. How do you fight unwanted, wicked thoughts? You ever have those? Unwanted, wicked thoughts. Thoughts. The English preacher Charles Spurgeon fought with unwanted, wicked thoughts. What did he do with them? Here's what he writes Are you tormented with horrible thoughts? Wherever you go, blasphemies sneak into your heart. Often a dreadful suggestion forces itself upon you. Even on your bed, you're startled from sleep by whispers of the evil one. You can't get away from his horrible temptation, Spurgeon responded. Friend, he says, I know what you mean. I myself have been hunted by that wolf. Man might as well hope to fight a swarm of flies with a sword as to master his own thoughts when they're set on by the devil. How do you fight such a temptation as unwanted, wicked thoughts? And you feel you're unable to stop these hideous and abominable thoughts which Satan pours into your soul. What do you do? You take refuge in Jesus who died for your sins, even for your sinful thoughts. You flee to the gospel that while we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. Go there. 
those sinful thoughts are paid for. And cast yourself upon Jesus, thoughts and all, and see if he's not mighty to save you. Do you know what? He can do more than forgive those evil thoughts. He can still those horrible whisperings of the devil. He can enable you you to see them in their true light so that you may not be worried by them. These thoughts, says Spurgeon, if you hate them, are none of yours, but they are injections of the devil. And in his own way, Jesus can and will save you and at length give you perfect peace. Only trust him for this and everything else. Jesus is sufficient for it all. So beloved, remember in temptation's power, or in temptation's hour, you have a great high priest who's near you. We talked last week about a strategy for fighting sin. Guard without the you. Remember the gospel. Jesus paid for all your sins and overcame the tempter for you. Then A, put on the full armor of God to fight. Then R, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Then D, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. But remember, at the end, these four are just a person. Come to a person named Jesus Christ, the overcomer. Commune with him through his word at his table and day by day. And he will give you strength. in every temptation to fight and to win because he's the overcomer. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Let us do the same. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you that in your mercy you've provided a way out of temptation, a way of escape. Thank you that through the Lord Jesus Christ, all our sins are covered. They're washed away. They're forgiven. Thank you also that in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a way to fight and to overcome sin. Strength to resist the evil one so that he will flee from us. Strength to draw near to God so that we may put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you know where we struggle right now. Please, Commune with us in our weakness today and strengthen us there so that we might be strong in the power of our God and we may stand in the time of evil. Give us timely help, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.